When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Don't Know About That, silent podcast coverage of U.S. Survivor. I am your host, Gia Worthy, and today we'll be discussing Episode 7, Let's Not Be Cute About It, of Survivor 44. Love may be dead on the islands of Fiji's, but this podcast is hotter than ever with my next guest. She's a podcasting bestie, one-third of the Make It Work and Quickfire Queens team, an RHAP and Renap legend, the one and only Nicole Horn. Oh, hi, Gia. Hi, everyone. Feels great to be here. It's funny that this episode was called Let's Not Be Cute About It because whenever we link up, we're always cute. So that's a little weird. Very unlike us to be not cute. I know. It's the... Immediately when I saw the title of the episode, I said, I need to find the cutest podcasters I know to come on with me so we can just kiki the entire time and reminisce about this episode with all of the bullshit that (laughs) has been going on in the survivor world but i digress from that point i am very excited to be talking about everything that happened in this episode which is they call it the merge that this is the official merge but this is not a merge what merge like where where are we seeing the merge occur because they literally just divided them up into two tribes again and I've been so excited to see like everybody come together, but Jeff was like, mm, I don't know about that. He was listening yes. to this podcast clearly and was getting ideas. He said, oh my God, wait a minute. That would be a great way to ruin everything that we've been working for this season. And I was like, yes, my impact. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what we're working towards this season, given like the immense amounts of twists and like every episode being so unpredictable I think we're continuing the the trend that has been started from episode one agreed and I feel like so my favorite episodes have been where there was an unpredictableness to the vote itself but this is just unpredictable because like who in their right mind would imagine that production was doing so many dumb twists just for the sake of dumb twists being added to the show so this is just not the type of twist that I the unpredictableness that I was hoping for this season I mean we already have fake idols real idols extra votes why not do some more let's throw some keys out there and let everybody run wild like as if we don't have enough to for me to keep track of I love it honestly the key chasing I feel like they could have improved it if they did you know like Survivor Borneo style give everyone a GoPro and just have them run through the woods Blair Witch Project style but this was okay, too. I just think that it could have been, like, up the ante a little bit. Yeah, we had, like, three separate new twists in- introduced into this episode. I was like, okay, each of them needs their time to shine. But we just kept going. As soon as I thought we were about to, like, really delve into these tribal dynamics within this merged tribe situation, this little, little uh, 
how, you know how they have the Pizza Hut Taco Bell combo? It kind of felt like oh that. My God. It's like we're at the merge, but we're still on the tribe combo. Yes. Oh my God. That really is the perfect metaphor for what we are facing right now. And let's be honest, the Pizza Hut was always better than the Taco Bell. Like, I feel like once you add something else to the Taco Bell, the Taco Bell depletes in value. And yeah, it gets diluted. Yeah, because, it's, know, it's like I love a chalupa, but I, I'm Italian. I love pizza. What can yeah, I, say? It, I just I, there needs to be like Taco Bell needs its own space to breathe. You know, it can't breathe. be sharing space with another girly. It's just not going to work. And I feel like that's what happened here too, because we get one side that is just running around for keys and with an advantage that we will get to that advantage, and they're all safe and they don't have to vote. And then we have the other side that is actually playing the game that we know because they are all vulnerable, except for Brandon. And uh, a bunch of connections that we didn't even really know a ton about a ton about are being pieced together now. Like apparently Brandon is working with the girlies right now with uh, Lauren and Jamie Lynn. And I love that for him. But like, why have we not seen any of this? Like, just because they were on the same tribe previously doesn't mean they're going to be working together going forward. Like, that shouldn't be the most obvious assumption. But, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it after, like, there's a lot of luck that goes into the fact that Ratu had a majority on the tribe that ends up going to tribal. And um, that could have been explored without a twist, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, Nicole, I do want to know, how are you liking this season, twists and all? And are there any standouts particularly for you? I mean, survivors like pizza, I'm going to eat it no matter what's on it. Uh, like, of course, I hear what the the, 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 audio, the chorus is saying about this season, about how there's a lot going on. It's a lot to keep track of. You know what? If it doesn't work this season, glad to know Survivor's renewed for another season where we could try again. So I'm yes. just like enjoying the ride as we go along. I mean, we have really iconic characters. Like the fact that my mom is remembering the names of the people on these tribes just shows you how um, dynamic the cast is. I mean, how would you not remember Jam Jam or Carolyn? People of that nature. They're just, the, we have big personalities and I'm enjoying that and I'm trying to take all of the good things I love about Survivor and use that to cloud the things I'm not really enjoying, such as the immense amount of twists. And um, yeah, I think that's the one thing that we're all, we're all uh, having our qualms about. Yeah, I definitely agree. Especially with like, I love the new casting style with um, now that the diversity initiatives of play, we're seeing a lot of different players with different life experiences, different representation, new representation being added. And I love that. And I've really liked the cast we have gotten post Survivor 40. And I'm very happy that we have it. But that being said, I would like to see them play regular survivor where they're not just like i would like to see them vote as a unit every once in a while like let them all vote at the same time and see what happens which feels like a wild thing to ask at the merge but like i know but like that's where we're at like voting together in the merge groundbreaking and I mean, I know that some people might say that the merge vote, oh, they always just pick off the meat shield or whoever is the biggest meat shield that didn't win the immunity. But like, let me see that happen. I feel like it's been so many seasons since we've had a traditional merge vote. Or yeah. even if we did, 
went straight back into uh, the split tribe uh, at 10 or a double, yeah. uh, there's a double boot there. But I just, you know, yeah, bring back Survivor. Yeah. Let Survivor right. Survivor. We would love that. And also, like, there's always my my thing with that, with people saying, oh, they're just like, the votes are so obvious at the merge. First of all, you're right, Nicole. No, they are not always obvious. <laughs> Sometimes they are quite incredible to watch unfold. And some of my favorite episodes have been merge episodes. But also, there is always going to be an episode a season, at least one, where there is going to be a fairly easy vote. Like, not easy and like, oh, yeah, like, this person is just so easy to get rid of or this is just, like, this person had no chance of winning anyway. But there's always going to be a vote that people are like, we just need a vote that everybody can agree on. And it's usually the merge because everybody is just trying to make it to the next round. So Anybody but me vibes. Yeah, exactly. So that is just something that is always going to happen. In any season, and sometimes it's a merge, and sometimes it's at a different point in the game, and that's okay, because, like, sometimes that is just what happens. People need to get through a round to get their schemes off the ground for the next round that's coming up, and I love that for them, and I just feel like that that doesn't mean the merge is broken or that they needed to fix anything about the merge, and obviously now we have mergatory, but... Mergatory followed by this with 11 people left is just kind of insane. Yeah, I'm like feeding for a big tribal. Like, yeah. of course, we're down to 10 now and people, you know, that could end up in a lot of really interesting permutations. But we could have had that at 11 too. I don't know what the, yeah. the stopping survivor from just like letting them play. Like, yeah. that's what it was from the beginning. It was a social experiment. You throw everybody out there, and magic happens. You don't need to throw in too many elements, but yeah, I don't, especially with these personalities, I think they're standing for themselves. Like, I mean, from, you know? Just of what we've seen from, like, Tika alone, like, these, like, that group was anything but complacent in their positions, you know? Like, Jam Jam and Carolyn both, in particular, were ones that are, like, as soon as they realized things were not going their way, they were hitting the ground running, trying to turn things in their favor. And I would love to see that type of energy going into the the merge phase of the game, the merge, quotation marks. And we aren't getting to see that right now. And along with that... I just feel like there is so much that could be explored with the Soka and Ratu dynamics here that we're doing both tribes, like original tribes, a disservice by not allowing them to actually play the game. Like right now, it's like half of the tribe was immune. More than half of the tribe now was immune because of this twist. And then really the only people that were able to vote were the three people on Ratu with Brandon, Jamie Lynn, and Lauren. Uh, and then Mad, who got to vote for his first and last time. We love that oh, for him. And, uh, and Jam Jam, who has been like voting at every tribal council so that he's just an expert at this point. He's an expert at giving and receiving votes, and we love that. Jam Jam and his Denise era. Who knows? Is this foreshadowing? Is he going to be following in her footsteps? Oh, my God. Just what an upgrade. I'm sorry. I don't like Denise, but that's just me being petty. No, he can do it the second time, but, like, he can do it better. Yes. He's, you like, know, he Denise, has the blueprint first, out there. 
First of all, Denise, if you're listening to this, and I'm sure she is, unblock the Survivor Diversity campaign. It's <gasps> not a cute look. Yeah, I know. And then second of all, if Jam Jam is able to have his Denise Stapley arc and final and be able to win a million dollars with his name being thrown out so many times, I would love that. We need greatest winner ever. Yeah, I'm I ready. Do. I am I mean, ready for Jam Jam first, so. Oh, yes, please, 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 please. I need that right. money. Oh, we, that part, that part. <laughs> Let's talk about the start of this episode because I was so excited I, until about 10 minutes into the game because that's when everything turned to shit. But the first well, like, 10 ooh, minutes of this episode yeah. were great because – we are getting back from this tribal council. Jam Jam is pretending that everything is good. Obviously, he's going to make life as difficult as possible for all of them. But we see like this is a very repetitive arc for Jam Jam in which he gets votes. He tries to charm people. He still gets votes afterwards, even though everyone admits that he's very charming and likable. But he still doesn't go home. And that continues this episode. And I love this for Jam Jam. But also, can we please let this man breathe for two seconds? You guys are not giving him any space. If he's that big of a social threat, just cut him. Like, make him your easy vote. I mean, I don't want that personally. Clearly, I just yeah. said I have money on him. But also, like, there are so many other threats. Why him? What did he ever do to anyone? And now, especially that um, the tribes are pretty even with the amount of people that are left. Like, I want to see Soka... And um, Brad, too. I want to see that great war. I'm trying to see yes. World War Three. Leave Jam Jam out of it. Actually, it would be really interesting to see how Ratu and Soka, under the impression that we are going to a regular vote, would use people like Jam Jam, Carson, yeah. and Carolyn, old Tika, to their advantage. Tika right there. Exactly. So Tika is the new uh, Switzerland in, or is it Sweden? Switzerland. Sweden. I don't know. I'm not a history major. I'm going to look it up. Hold on. But like, yes, uh, I think it's Sweden. So we'll just say Sweden for right now. Uh, Tika is Sweden right now. And uh, as they should be. And we have this war brewing between Ratu and Soka that gets a little more complicated because Matt realizes through Brandon that Danny might have been playing him a little bit, just a little bit. Because when Brandon unlocked his idol from the birdcage, his big public idol in the premiere, he let the he not only had the real idol, he also had a note to a fake idol, which Matt did not have when he opened the birdcage. And now Matt is able to put the puzzle pieces together here and is realizing that, yeah, you know what? Danny kind of played me here and that he is probably the one that has the idol since he was the one pushing for everybody to start searching for the idol. So now distrust is still happening and we uh we're finally getting to see the ramifications of these crazy idol twists unfold in real time and it's not it, at the beginning of this episode it is not looking good for Danny yeah, it's an unexpected or unintended consequence of the merge, getting everybody together to share information. Brandon didn't even realize he was screwing over his buddy, Danny. They, they were just at a meal with Carolyn a few weeks ago on their journey, spreading information. And little does Brandon know that by spreading this information that he didn't think was that important to Matt, he's actually throwing somebody he wanted to work with under the bus. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad Matt was able to get 
slightly ahead of it to see that he was kind of duped. And that would have been really interesting to see the the friendly fire go against each other. But who knows? Maybe we'll have to see. We won't even see a play next episode. I just remembered Matt went home. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That is also true. I'm wondering if Brandon and everyone's perceptions of Danny's game are altered now by this though because like when you know he comes off to everyone as like this kind of goofy like outspoken extroverted guy but then like I think that the assumption here originally was that Matt had the idol like the real Mm -hmm. idol on Soka now that they know that it's a fake and it's most likely that Danny is the one that has it it is quite possible that like Danny's game is still a little screwed by this move. Uh-huh. And after everything that happened this episode, I'm wondering how Brandon and Ratu as a whole are going to be looking at the duo of Danny and Heidi. Now I'm actually very worried for their safety moving forward. I mean, like on, I want both of them to go. If I have to have someone go next round, I really want it to be one of those two, but not no shade to either of them. Just, you know, like for, for my dream finalist to make it through, that's just what's going to have to happen. And I'm very curious as to what we're going to get with this next tribal council, especially now that, you know, Danny and Heidi did a lot of damage this round and not in a way that benefits them. Oh, for sure. It was the Danny exposed party. Everyone kind of sees that he has these weasel-like tendencies. He's squirreling around, screwing over people on his tribe, inadvertently or not inadvertently. The perception is that he's kind of sneaky. So that probably doesn't bear well. And I really hope that Heidi doesn't, you know, get the um, the backlash if Danny plays an idol and they split the votes and Heidi ends up being the one that goes home. That would really suck to be guilty by association, but... This would have never came out if, you know, they didn't put everyone on Long Beach and people weren't talking. I think people this season, the fact that Lauren's extra vote is such an open secret, like, people really are not keeping things to themselves. Except for Carolyn with her idol, kind of iconic and unexpected for her, given her personality at large that she's been able to keep that. But yeah, the Danny exposed party is going to be explosive. I think the only one getting out of that alive is Franny. That poor girl lost her man. And found out that Danny's a snake. Taking L's left and right. I just, I want nothing else for Franny than for Tika to just adopt her as the fourth stooge. I I just really need that. I really need that to be like the core, like honestly, Carson can go too. But like, I need the core. I again this is nothing against Carson but Carson you are not Carolyn and Jam Jam and that is your right like I'm sorry like that is, and you're not Franny either so like I'm sorry Carson you're very young I'm sure you will come back to play again but like you are not any of those three people I just mentioned so unfortunately you will have to leave at some point and I hope he's okay with that I hope he understands I'll pray for him. that hope yeah. he reincarnated as Jam Jam <laughs> can only hope and but I would love that for them, especially because I feel like Franny gets screwed over the most here because like, Mm -hmm. yes, she won immunity and she got a lot of goodwill this episode with pretty much everyone, especially now that her duo member isn't there, but she's not like, but like she's screwed over in that, like this twist sends her closest ally home. And then she's also screwed over because like the, 
of everybody this episode, I think the people that play the worst here are Danny and Heidi. Because mm-hmm. Danny threw his own tribe mates unknowingly under the bus and was really trying to, you know, push forward narratives that are not actually helpful to his tribe. And then they sort of sort of do, sort of don't promise Carolyn that they're going to try to find a way to save Jam Jam with this control of vote only for her to tell Lauren that she has to vote for Jam Jam instead of Matt, which is just like this. That makes no sense in how we want that to move forward. Like that just doesn't that this does not compute. No, it doesn't align with my fantasy. It also doesn't align with logic and reason. So there's yeah. no, no good, um, no goodwill with that choice, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I do feel bad for Franny, but I do think of anyone of this cast, if anyone is able to rebound from such a tough episode, it is going to be her. Yeah, she just like lost her man. Like I would want to pick up that piece that was just thrown out. And I don't know if Heidi and Danny are going to be adept enough to keep Franny in their corner, especially after they kind of butchered this control of vote yeah. so badly. But also like they don't have the hindsight, like they're having it in days, haven't been sleeping. Like I don't know if they have, you know, all of the mental space to go through the different permutations yeah. of how to use this advantage in the way that, most, you know, I heard Rob and Steven talking about it a couple of days ago. And the way they said it is that they didn't use the advantage offensively. They used it defensively. And yeah. I want to see these people get aggressive, shoot first. I, like, we're at the point where there's only 10 people left. So we need to be fighting a little bit harder. And if Danny and Heidi didn't show the foresight to shoot first, I don't know if they're going to have the foresight to, you know, ensure that they're keeping Freddie in their pocket when there's so many other strong ways for them, uh, for Freddie to proceed, especially with the perception of her having lost. Yeah. Let's actually talk about that for a second, because I, there is part of this plays into the beginning of the episode and then goes into after the the aftermath of this twist but before they know what is going to be happening this episode danny wants to pull off a blind side of lauren because they know that she has an extra vote so he starts pulling some strings and starts talking to everybody about how he wants lauren to go here and it seems at first like everyone's on board with this but then after the news that brandon shared about matt's idol possibly being fake uh now people are also talking about the possibility of like letting danny think that this is his move and trying to blindside lauren and what they're really going to do is blindside danny instead and i was very excited for this plan to happen before everything that happened in this era. But then this leads to them trying to find a way with the control of vote advantage afterwards to possibly get out a Ratu member in with the hope of Matt and Jam Jam voting together here. Nicole, what do you think was the most effective way for the control of vote to be used here? 
I think they should have continued the desire to get Lauren out. I feel like if they controlled any of the Ratu votes, probably Lauren was the riskiest knowing with the open secret that she has another vote. If I were them, I would have taken Brandon or Jamie's vote and pointed it at another Ratu member. Um, probably would have prompted Jamie to pile her fake idol. I don't think folks really know about that, but that would have been something that would have been really great for um, yeah. Soka. It's just, yeah, it's tough. They they want to shoot at Jam Jam. What happened to Heidi having a soft spot for Jam Jam? Like, I really think they were looking at the, the wrong person to target and they should have taken it more offensively. They had a lot of power. They were safe. They should, I feel like a bigger move should have been warranted. And now you have Jam Jam being like, what the heck did I do to you people? We just met and now you're voting for me again? The disrespect. Yeah. And you're taking a vote and you're putting it on me? BFFR. Yeah. Mm, yeah, like I like I think we're both in agreement that Jam Jam was the wrong move here. But I have a theory about what would have been the best scenario Ooh. here. So work with me here. See, okay, see if it sounds good. So we all everybody knows that Lauren has an extra vote, right? Mm-hmm. So for the control of vote to work, Lauren can't use her extra vote. So I know the original plan for Danny and Heidi was to get rid of Lauren but instead what if they had because Brandon's immune what if they mm-hmm. had Brandon they used control of vote on Brandon to vote for Jamie Lynn Ooh. hope that Lauren decides she'd rather lose Jamie Lynn here than save her extra vote for another day and hope that Matt and Jam Jam catch up on this and then both vote for Jamie Lynn and then Jamie Lynn goes home. See, I I see that. I kind of wish they would have had the foresight to think that ahead. I was just thinking because they were already throwing Lauren's name out there, having an extra vote makes you so dangerous, I guess. But um, (laughs) if that's why you want to get her out, keep going with that momentum. Yeah. one of those Ratu women would have been the person that got sent home. And as someone who loves women, I would have hated to see that. Yes. But no, um, that, that makes was... a lot more sense logically. Um, what really should have happened is that one of the men on the safe tribe should have just quit in their place. Sacrifice themselves. Sacrifice themselves for in the name of women. But Carson, that's not what you happened. You can do it now. Yes. I mean, yeah, they could still like, you know, Carson, you didn't really like earn safety. I guess no one except Franny really earned their safety here. But, you know, like, yeah, Carson, like Danny, one of you two, you know, because maybe yeah. maybe just take one for the women here. Please. We're begging you. It's been how many years <laughs> dealing with this? I am just say- saying they should have considered it. But I think that if they're thinking about it, well, like, first of all, trying to get Lauren out here at this moment with the current twist makes no sense because she has an extra vote and it's very easy for her to counteract it. So True. My, my my theory here from the information that we have is that the best thing for them to have done if keeping Matt was the priority and not angering the trio that is Tika would be for them to get rid of the only vulnerable Ratu member that does not have an extra vote, which is Jamie Lynn, and hope that Lauren decides that she'd rather use the extra vote when she herself is in danger here. I like it. See, when you put it in, like, when you verbalize like that, I, like, see the entire line. 
Um, and I don't believe it's public knowledge that Jamie has a fake idol. So she wouldn't have, it might've been tough for Jamie to be like, well, I have an idol. Like I'm going to, yeah. you know, use that to scare people off from voting for her. But I like that um, the way that you put it, it, yeah. it assumes that people don't have trust in the strength of Ratu, which yeah. it sounds like from the beginning of this podcast, we didn't really realize that they were that bonded anyways. Maybe that was something that was, you know, it came together behind the scenes or it was a um, something that happened due to the circumstance. But I feel yeah. like that's a completely reasonable assumption. And for people like Matt and Jam Jam, who know their names are being thrown out there, that would be a great thing for them to cling yeah. on to. Agreed. And also, like, I kind of love the quartet of Ratu because it really is just this band of very unexpected characters coming together. Because we have Brandon, who is the NFL player. We have Lauren, who deserves way more screen time, but is like the funny, charismatic mom of the group. We have Jamie Lynn, who is a yogi. Chaos. A chaos, a confessional queen in her own right, an icon among icons, game changer. Also, you can tell how much I love Jamie Lynn. And then Kane, who is referencing everything about Survivor in a Dungeons and Dragons reference. And like, this is truly the adventure party that Kane has wished for his entire life. And I, I'm obsessed with them. I actually like, I know everyone is very high on Tika right now. And very well, you know, like with good reason. Tika is incredible and it should not be understated how amazing Tika is. But Ratu is kind of doing it for me right now. Like they really are those girls. No, they're slept on, but the edit for all the edgic heads out there are just, is just like not giving what it needs to give. I mean, you just said it with Lauren. Like the fact that Jamie like would be the confessional queen by like a mile in any other season and, like, has to deal with the fact that there's also, like, amazing people on Tika on this cast. Like, Jam Jam and Carolyn that are absolutely, like, they're just so dominant in the confessional space. Like, any other season, we'd probably be seeing Ratu as um, probably getting, like, a more more pronounced edit. I mean, I forget yeah. King's there sometimes, unfortunately. I know. But, like, every time he comes on, I get this big smile on my face because every all of his references are related to, like, nerd things. And I just think it's very wholesome for this season. Yeah. A man after our hearts. They put yeah. all, like, they always cast a nerd, but make him as meta as possible. Yeah. You know, make sure that no one's denying the archetype. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't I when I say more nerds and himbos on Survivor, I don't mean like nerds that are secretly like really cool, you know, or like oh like a Hawkeye with glasses that are like I'm a nerd, but like I do some modeling in my spare time and stuff like that. Like, no, I want a nerd that relates everything back to their favorite pastime of Dungeons and Dragons or like makes a Star Trek or Star Wars reference. Like that is the type of nerd I want to see playing in the game. And I don't want himbos that are secretly smart. I want like the most intelligently inept players. Like I want people that are just dumb, you know, like dumb in terms of figuring out the game as they go. I want like straightforward, no nonsense, like, no matter which way you cut it, like, that is a himbo. I want more himbos on Survivor. Himbos, bimbos, and snarky women. We can never get enough of any of those categories. I just, I really just want, like, a, a think about it, like, another gender war season, like, a la Vanuatu, but all the men are himbos. himbos. 
and hippos all the, hippos. Yes, hippos versus, and all the women are bimbos and or snarky women. It could be either or. It could be both. It's fine. I am both I'm, a bimbo and a snarky yes. woman. So get me on. Yeah, I would. I desperately need it, Nicole. Like that is my dream season. Survivor production, please hire me because that is exactly what I need here. Cut her her check when you see this in three seasons. I know. Really, like, the Jeff Probst podcast should be listening to this and just be like, this woman's a genius. Please, let's, like, let's get her on. Just throw you, like, $10,000 every season just for, like, thoughts and opinions. Yes. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Creative consultant. My LinkedIn would be popping popping off. I just think that I – honestly, I think my ego would get a little too big if I was a creative (laughs) consultant for Survivor. I'm like, yeah, himbos versus bimbos, the greatest season since heroes versus villains. Like, that was me. I did that. It's the natural evolution of heroes versus villains, himbos versus bimbos. It really is the next step. It does make sense narratively. No, exactly. That's my fantasy, and I want to live in that fantasy. I desperately want it. It's – I, I still have faith that it can happen. If not, like, more realistically, I know, like, some LRGs out there are currently casting. So, like, maybe Survivor New York can get on the trend. Okay, I will talk to the producers. I'll get back to you. Yes, I'll let's fire, you. fire up our Quick Fire Queens chat with Naomi Calhoun to tell her our brilliant plan. <laughs> get ready, Naomi. You get the dissertation in your Facebook DMs. <laughs> She'll hate us by the end of it, but it... The show will be all the better for it. It's the sacrifice that needs to be made. I agree. I agree. Truly. I want to talk about the immunity challenge. A little We're in the beginning. It started I, 10 minutes into the episode. That's how you know I, it's going to be some crazy shit. Like, as I've always said, I get very bored with immunity challenges. Like, those are snack breaks. Those <laughs> are when I start getting my dessert ready for the evening. It's the 2X. Yeah, that is where. On the YouTube TV. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, like, actually, the 2X on YouTube TV is kind of a lifesaver right now because, like, that is exactly what I do when I rewatch the challenges. It's usually just, you can just fast forward through all of this. Give me 3X. Like, I'm, you know, I'm paying. How about 4X for special occasions? You know, sometimes it's it's needed, especially when people are standing on on a... a narrow ledge. I need to yes. fast forward. The, I typed in the wording for it. But so basically the immunity challenge this round is stand on a narrow beam, balancing a ball on a long pole. And at, you are out if you fall off the beam or the ball drops. So there are two ways that you can get out here. But then, of course, because this is just what they do now, there is a twist they are divided into two teams of five. And the person who lasts the longest on each team wins immunity. So there's going to be a purple team and an or uh, purple team and an orange team. The last person on the purple and the orange team win immunity. And also the person that lasts the longest out of everybody wins immunity for the entire tribe. But they get safety without power, meaning they do not get to vote in the first merge vote of the season. I hate this. I hate it so much. And for those of you listening at home being like, but Gia, there are 11 people. What do you mean they're divided into two teams of five? I am so glad you asked because they decide that somebody will draw a rock that is not purple or orange. And that person, which ends up being Carson, 
which just feels very accurate to me that it would be Carson, but he bets on, he gets to bet on which team he thinks will go far, will be the winning tribe. And if that tribe is safe, then Carson is also safe. And if that tribe loses, then Carson will also be vulnerable at this vote. And Carson ends up going with the orange team, which ends up being Heidi. Oh, wait, no, sorry. He bets the, yeah, no, wait, he does bet the orange team. The orange team is Heidi, Kane, Danny, Franny, and Carolyn. And then the purple team is Matt, Brandon, Jam Jam, Lauren, and Jamie Lynn. I love that Carson's not even old enough to gamble, but they let him gamble on something like this. I mean, good thing he was right. Get him to a craps table yes. right now. I have him pick the numbers for me. But like, so like, obviously the, yeah, ideally you pick the team that wins and then you're safe and then you don't have to worry as much this round. But like, realistically, you bet on the team that you are most likely not to get voted out, even if they do lose, right? Like, this is not just like, oh, this team looks strong, fit, whatever you may call it. I mean, ideally, you would pick the people that you think you'd have a better chance with strategically. I mean, yeah. Carson did pick the tribe with more people. Well, he he swapped onto Ratu. So, yeah. Hmm. And also, I would have put my money on Brandon either way. So I know I the, the Danny Franny coalition. I just like saying their names back to back because they rhyme. Picking that side um, was unexpected, but clearly he knows something I don't. That's why he's on the show when I'm chilling in my office. I'm just like, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like that would be like the thing that you do. It's just like, mm, I probably won't get voted off if I align with the orange team. So I guess that will be who I pick or vice versa. But yeah, I don't know what his, we knew that he built a bond with Matt, with Matthew. Sorry, there's two Matts mm. this season. Love the diversity campaign at work. But the, but there's, so we know that he formed a bond with Matthew before he uh, left. He had his medical leave, but I don't really know his real. Oh, and we know that he's on good friends with Kane too, who was on the orange team, but we really don't know about his relationship with the other Ratu members. So uh, I don't know what his, like if what would have happened if the orange team had been the ones that lost, but I mean, it worked out for Carson either way, but I don't, I wonder who, would, who do you think would have been voted out here if it was, the other side yeah because hmm, it's it's tough because if um well Carson would be there so you have Carolyn and Carson who were originally on Tika Heidi and Danny and Freddie so they would be the majority of three and maybe they pick off Kane unless Kane started to oh this would have been interesting because yeah. Kane and Carson we've been exploring that dynamic mm -hmm. you know nerds are us um you know proliferating throughout the season that would have been really interesting if the three of them came together to put yeah. a vote on someone like a Danny. And if Danny played his idol, then it probably would have been Heidi. Maybe they would have split the vote. But that would have been a really interesting dynamic that we were yeah. robbed of. Send I'm the both the tribal, please. Oh my God. We yeah. have to make a 90-minute episode. What's stopping you, CBS? I do really think that would have, like, the merge vote here would have been pretty epic, and I'm kind of upset that we're robbed about it. But I also think that, like, the orange team was just, if we had to pick one half to go to tribal council here, I just think the orange team has so many more complicated uh, mechanisms going on all over on that tribe. So I just really do think that orange team would have been more compelling as the vulnerable one. And taking the 
control a vote out of the equation because obviously we could speculate about like who would have gotten control of vote and what they would have used it for if it had been the orange team that was vulnerable. But I think between those six right there, I'm wondering if it would have been either Kane going just because he's already had his name thrown out before, or if Tika and Kane can convince Franny to vote with them to blindside Danny or Heidi because she was already kind of entertaining the idea anyway. That would have been the nerdiest alliance of all time. And then they would have tied Matt in. Then it would have been like the attack of the nerds going into like Final Five. That would have been so iconic. And we were robbed of it. We were. Thanks a lot, Jeff Probst. I will be bringing this up in therapy. I do. Let me tell you. I have my acupuncturist appointment. It has a little count on Tuesday. And it has a little counseling appointment beforehand. And I will be talking about this episode in depth. Be like, in conclusion, I am extra stressed this week. Yes. Um, not good. Uh, I'm not doing well because love is dead. And when we get a good thing, they just rip it out from us. And my acupuncture is just going to be like, I just feel like this is a lot to unpack for one session. We're here for like 50 minutes. So, you know. Bro, not to like mind. change the topic, but imagine being Matt's ex-girlfriend, like the one he just broke up with <gasps> watching this season. That. I would. That would be my 13th reason. Genuinely. Not only <laughs> – not only is your ex on Survivor, which is like one of my biggest fears, is like seeing someone either that I don't like or like an ex going on this show. What if they like go on the show and then just talk about you as like their or their villain origin story and then they meet the love of their life or whatever, you know, whatever they end up being. They're still together. So, you know, like they meet their current girlfriend on the island. I don't know how I would deal with that. I would go off the grid, genuinely. <laughs> like, you would not be able to find a trace. I would go full um, what's-her-face from the first season of Survivor. Oh, Colleen Haskell? I would be. I would go full Colleen Haskell. As you should. Like, that. that is your right. If I could only be as lucky as to be Colleen Haskell. She really was on the first season of Survivor, you know, got a lot of opportunities, was on every TV show, and then she dipped. Queen. I love that for her. She said, I will use my 15 minutes of fame. Nothing more, nothing less. As she should. She was in that one movie with uh, David, uh, what's his name? The one that everyone hates, Dan, uh, not Dan Schneider. That's the creepy fuck guy. Dan Schwimmer? What's his name? Who's the oh, one? Wait. Rob Schneider. She was in that Rob, Rob Schneider, Schneider movie, The Animal. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. He does. How could, how could you? I mean, I'm actually, sorry. we did. I I'm sorry. I his name. I'm just not as cultured as you, Nicole. And that's, I'm okay. I've accepted that. It's that's hard why to I have be you as cultured for. as me. Yeah. Very true. Very true. And yeah, I just, I would hate that. But also, most of my exes are trash. So I'm just kind of like, what are you going to say about me? I was too wonderful. Like, yeah, Survivor would not cast any of my exes because the personality was non existent. Like, I was carrying the personalities yeah, of those right? relationships. I, I was the star of the relationship let and if any exes are watching this yes that includes you um i don't think i've actually ever dated a survivor fan so i don't know if this is the type of thing they would be interested in watching but like if they went on the show i would say that like yes they're talking about me but also they sucked so in conclusion i hope they get voted off yeah me and my delusional era thinking that they're gonna use their time on survivor to talk about our relationship I mean, it happened to what them. Else? That's kind of the what worst else? 
Nicole, what else would they talk about? Because clearly that would have been the highlight of their life. Entire life. Entire, no, 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 the entire life. Your whole yeah. life, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Even like, being on the show, Dating Me, was even more iconic than that. At more impactful to their day-to-day life than being on TV. And they have no reason, no other thing to do with their screen time than talk about how they fucked up a good thing. Period. In the words of Taylor Swift, I bet you think about me. Same. Same. My, if I ever went on Survivor, Nicole, I would be like, yeah, me and these two girls, we have a fire podcast, not about Survivor. And that just made me realize my maximum slay potential. So I applied to be on Survivor. So you will be in my origin story. (laughs) You're always in my origin story. Thank you. Thank you. In my origin story and not in my therapy session. Yes. I love that. Goals, goals. These are the type of friends you want people that are listening. Like we have, we're in each other's origin stories for Survivor, but in a positive way. We uplift. We uplift. Yes. Uh, Matt's ex-girlfriend could never. Mm-hmm. That part. But, okay, I feel like there's something I'm, oh yeah. So during the challenge, basically everyone drops from orange. So just Franny is left. So she automatically wins immunity. And then still, like, most of Purple are left, but eventually they also all drop, and it's just between Franny and Brandon. And eventually, Brandon loses his balance. He falls, so Brandy wins immunity for the entire Orange team and Carson. Just a little asterisk there, and Carson. <gasps> and I have seen a lot of Twitter, because that is my main social media platform right now, saying that Franny should have thrown the challenge once she won immunity because to make sure that Matt was safe. And Nicole, I want to ask you, is that something Franny should have done? Or do you think that she did the right thing with winning immunity here? Like, just on a human perspective... If you were on Survivor and you just want to prove to yourself that you could do it, if I threw that challenge, I'd be wondering for the rest of my life, you know, what I would have been able to, you know, outlast in that situation. So I see, like, on a personal level why she didn't throw it. Um, I could see Matt kind of cringing every second that, you know, Freddie was still in the game. But if I was up there, you know, completely frozen, holding something like that with my hands above my head, my hands above my head, lactic acid going all crazy on my shoulders. I don't know if I would be thinking that far ahead. I'd also be really focused on the food. I think Franny just might have not been thinking of the game in that, that you know, that moment. Um, and they didn't go into that challenge knowing that they were going to be split up. So that level of like nuance and strategy that you would need to make the most educated decision there, all yeah. of that, like you didn't really have the benefit of knowing it. Yeah. So Matt probably had the foresight to see, oh, this would be great if she, you know, threw it for me. But Brandy's playing for herself in that moment. And even more than ever, you know, you're dealing with all the elements. Survivor is surviving in that moment. You're really just trying to survive. So um, I, I see why she didn't do it. She probably should have did it. But I have grace for Franny to understand why she yeah. might have not gone for it. And I love Franny. I'm going to support her no matter what. Sucks that she lost her man. But she can always say... She, you know, won immunity for her tribe, and maybe that got her good graces with people like Danny and Heidi, who I don't know. That might have not been her. Yeah, like she did something good for these people, and they yeah. should, you know, thank her for it, even though they probably won't. 
I mean, probably not, at least not while they're still in the game, maybe as like a passing comment afterwards. But I do think that she did the right thing here, even though obviously the worst case scenario happened with her losing Matt by her deciding not to throw the challenge. But also, I think that in doing so, she does win a lot of good favor with these players she has a round to go through that she doesn't have to betray anyone especially when she does not get the control of vote advantage as well and she doesn't you know like she sacrifices one ally but i think that it diminishes her threat level a lot here even though obviously we wanted more of the matt and franny show and so there were so many things that could have happened here that I don't think it's necessarily fair for us, for us in terms of like the survivor fandom to say that, like, it's very clear that Franny should have done this when there is still like so many things that could have happened here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're here justice for Franny. There was a lot of, you know, possible outcomes and she just got the worst one and that sucks for yeah. her, but that's why we are supporters and we will continue to support even in the darkest of days. Agreed. And also one of the other very messed up parts about this that becomes a recurring storyline throughout this episode is that the losing team goes to the old Soka beach, which is not where they are currently merged. And Matt left his bag at the old tribe because at the merge tribe, which we now learn is called Vava, which is very camp. I am obsessed with it. I still think they should have named the tribe Jam Jam, but that is just me. We're biased. We're biased. Yeah. Baba, we Baba Boob. It's yeah, it's cozy. I like yeah. it. Yes, I love it. I love it very much. That's so funny you say that actually, because I was on the bitter jurors talking about this episode too and at the very end of the episode we talked about vava and we're like we need to do a ranking of all of the survivor merge names based on cuntiness alone vava one america zero like that is literally what i said (laughs) like it was like yes america clearly bottom tier vava s tier it's so bottom tier it's in hell yeah like pits of hell then a normal bottom tier I was honestly, hear me out now, no bag is A tier. Not as good as Vava, but it is it is up there for me. It's like the amount, it's the same amount of effort as the Marika tribe name, but so much better in practice. The fact that the only three merge tribe names I could even recall are Marika, Vava, and Nobag. Like, Nobag is a tier, a level, iconic level that will never be achieved ever again yeah. unless, like, we stop going to Fiji. Because IGIF would probably not be a great uh, name for these tribes that are in Fiji right now. Oh my god, I would love that, though. I'm just like I'm trying to get some like, IGIF peanut butter on my PDJ. Let's just do, let's just do, I, I just means harmony in Fijian. Wink. Wink, wink. wink, yeah, wink. We're totally fluid in Fijian. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> I would do like my, sponsored. I would do like, like my name backwards or something. Anna Vague. Ike. Ike. <laughs> I feel like Ike a tribe. Does that, has that not existed? I, I feel like that, I'm thinking of. I feel like that would be, Ike backwards would be much more obvious than my full name than my yeah. Full, yeah i was just like wait a minute this is sh- we've been calling ourselves gia backwards this whole time and then i get voted out 
if I wasn't already voted out. But at least your impact would be long lasting. Yes, that's true. That's true. I think it would be well deserved. Yeah. Anytime anyone's looking at the Survivor Wikia, they'll be like, oh, isn't that just Gia backwards? I guess. We love it. We love it. That would be the cuntiest merge name that they could have possibly thought of. But that wouldn't be A tier. That would be heaven tier. Heaven tier. Heaven tier. And then America in hell tier just feels very right to me. It aligns with what I believe is correct. Yes. Yes. Of course. Of course. Now, so this becomes like a big thing because apparently you need the little dice to play shot in the dark to. I I thought you just picked a scroll when you were up there and like production will just be like, yeah, this is your like, here's your scroll. Good luck. You're like, pick your scroll one out of six. But yeah, so they did not do that here. I mean, Matt probably would have played it if he had the dice, but making them carry the dice around seems so inconvenient. Like, I'm a person that hates holding things. I respect Matt for not bringing his bag. If I even have to, like, hold a smoothie for one second longer than I'm interested in drinking it, I will be finding the nearest trash receptacle and dropping it off. Like, carrying an umbrella? Don't get me started on that. I hate carrying an umbrella. But, like, so him not bringing his bag would be something I would do. So I... It wastes Yeah, it wastes energy. How was I supposed to know that they weren't, you know, going back to their their camp? It's so rude and disrespectful of Jeff to play them like that. Seriously, though, I do not like it, and it it was unfortunate because, like, apparently this is like a bigger issue than just Matt forgetting his bag. Because, like, every time they move to a new beach or there's a tribe swap or a merge or whatever is happening there. I don't know if you noticed, but Jeff will even say like your bags will be waiting for you there. So like anytime they move to a new beach, they will production will move their bags. So for this to happen this one time where their bags are not moving with them seems like a bit of a slap in the face because there is zero precedent for Matt to think that there's any reason for him to not take his bag here. All I'm going to say is sounds a little rigged to me. It does. It does a little bit, doesn't it? And like, even if it wasn't their intention, it's a little fucked up nonetheless. Rigged against dudes with fluffy brown hair named Matt. Clearly. Guys with glasses are shaking right now because this is their oppression. Literally. They want to be oppressed so bad. This is the oppression that we're speaking of. Matt can be, like, we will accept this as a valid criticism for Matt being oppressed, but all other guys with glasses need to take a take a ticket, you know? Several get in line. Yeah, there's it's not, like, we are reserving this judgment for Franny's man and Franny's man only. Only. Mm-hmm. Singularly. Exactly. Yeah, single, he is the, he is the exception, he is not the rule. You are the only exception, Matthew Exactly. Love the Haley Williams reference and Paramore. I'm um, a full Paramore moment right now. Yes. Love Every night's emo, emo night to me. <laughs> so, oh yeah. And also their reward was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with chips. Very big brother. I kind of love it as a reward. It feels like, I don't know, maybe I'm just in the mood for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right now, but I do, the, it looked like a very good PB&J sandwich. That bread was thin. Right. It was a full brioche. I don't think I've ever seen a more perfect bread for a PB&J sandwich. And as a carb head, I would have been chomping down. Like the stomach I I would have had. (laughs) Ungodly. 
I would have made a fool of myself and I would not apologize for it. Simply. That is just what would have happened. We're hungry. We are hungry. We're hungry and pretty and just like, I can't control myself. I'm sorry. Gorgeous girls love a PB&J on a summer day with some chips. Mm -hmm. And the Fijian beach. And the Fijian beach. When's it going to be our turn? (laughs) I do want to say, though, like, they should have given them booze. I'm sorry. I'm, like, still a huge proponent of them letting people drink on rewards because there's always someone that drinks way more than they should. And it's funny every time. No, and for, like, even though Carson wouldn't have been able to partake, I want to see people getting drunk on an empty stomach. Like, I'm embarrassing when I drink after three meals a day. Like, imagine the antics that would have ensued. I want to see, you know, like, the David versus Goliath episode where everyone's dry heaving on the beach. Like, give me that. (laughs) Give me torture porn. we've We've lost the plot for what really matters in Survivor, and it's people getting drunk when they're starving. and When they're barely surviving. Yes. And that would have been here, like this would have been the perfect reward if they just let them drink and then let them go run around for keys. Wait, that's like you yes. know when they do on the big on Big Brother, they do the challenge where they have to spin around before yes. they you know do a puzzle. It would have been that, but on steroids. Just like drop a big ass picture of Sangria, let them go nuts, then give them the note that says, "By the way, there's keys all around, and there's a." Advantage in the birdcage. Figure it out for yourselves. At that point, I would have just taken a nap. If I, I was know. like three sangrias deep after having eaten all the apples out of it, I would have been like, y'all have fun with that. I'm taking yeah. a nap. Oh, literally, I don't think I, even with the current predicament that they had where they had just eaten, I don't think I would have partook in this reward challenge because like, or this like advantage because like it just puts a target on you everyone's running around there's a lot of keys going on there's a lot of like matching to things it sounds very frustrating I think I would have just sat this out like I'm already safe this round I don't need anything else yeah the potential blood on your hands of course they didn't know that it was going to be a control of vote advantage that's never even been a thing before this but like the thought that there could be an idol is great but the fact that probably everyone's going to see you get that idol a lot of blood that I don't want to deal with as someone who's trying to be under the radar I mean that sounds I mean with my personality I'd probably have to tread act under the radar as possible (laughs) but having a public advantage would not you know help me out in that regard at all yeah no this was like now that we know what it is too again this is very hindsight is 2020 type situation but now that i know what the advantage is absolutely not i'm not wasting energy looking for something that's going to make jam jam hate me like please do we have anything else that we want to talk about other than because we already talked about the control of vote advantage um do we have anything else to add to that not really to to that uh, thought process. It sounds like it became a more of a group decision than it might have been if another person had the the vote. I feel like if Kane had it, that could have been really interesting. I mean, yeah. there's a million permutations, like I said earlier, but um, I think like with Heidi getting it, kind of botching it, like it makes it kind of a non-factor, which for the people that are survivor purists, maybe they should be happy about, even though it shows that Heidi kind of had a flop moment there. But also, it's not just Heidi. I mean, I don't want to, like, take away from Heidi's agency, but it sounds like it was more of a group decision, which kind of takes a little bit of the excitement out. 
only to be saved by the fact that it was played on like slightly the wrong person. Yeah. And also just like, first of all, we support women's wrongs here. So like oh, if always. Heidi has, if Heidi has a drinks. flop, we love that for her. No one, like none of the men can mess up and get away from my wrath, but Heidi can do it. Like that is totally okay. So love that for her. She's still in the game. So who cares? But then also like, there was a lot of interesting things going on. And I just like, again, this is part of the problem with this type of advantage, despite the fact that the advantage itself sucks, but also like, why should this be a group decision? Heidi go fuck shit up for all I care. Like that, like the idea that they're, they are in the production in term is who I'm referring to here. Like production is kind of like forcing players to, work with other players instead of doing what they want to for the good of the game here. It's just like, no, Heidi, just like do what you want. Make Be messy. Yeah, be messy. Just make Jam Jam vote for Jamie Lynn or whatever. Like, I don't know, just do something fun with it. And you can't do that when everyone sees you get an advantage and then you have to publicly declare to everybody that – this is the advantage I have. And Lauren, I want you to vote out Jam Jam. And Jam Jam, sorry if you go, bye. And then Jam Jam doesn't go. Yeah, they should have made the idol or not the idol, the advantage. They should have put it somewhere that was pretty obvious, but not in the birdcage. It was yeah. cool to have the keys, but the fact that it was so public to find it, like we said earlier, you know, it puts a target on your back, but also it makes you because other people know they're gonna have an opinion and say yeah and i'd rather them tell me their opinion to my face than behind my back so yeah if it's gonna be out there let's talk about it i think and i think that's what jam jam would have preferred too is just like he does not like when people are making underhanded moves and then act like it was just like an innocent mistake like he is very big on people being upfront with him about stuff so i just don't see how this is going to play out well for heidi or danny by association here i however i think that this would have been fun if it was just like an extra reward instead of an advantage in the birdcage like Mm -hmm. oh okay you get like I don't know, you get milk and cookies as a dessert or something like that. Like that would have been like low stakes, entertaining mess to see this episode. Yeah, it would have been goofy for them to be like, oh, Heidi, I'm so, I hate that you got it. And then she opens it and it's like, you have one, a massage. That would have been funny as hell. I would love, and that is an advantage because like, tell me I don't feel like the baddest bitch on Fiji after a deep tissue massage. Tell me that no. that would not happen. No, I want them to, you know, scratch my mosquito bugs while the yes. mosquito bites while they're at it, you know? You know, get in that, there, but don't be afraid to scratch really hard. No tanning oil, just straight calamine lotion all over my back, please. Yeah, a calamine treatment. Oh my, a calamine bath? Just like fill my tub with calamine lotion. Just let me simmer in there for a few hours. That sounds need, lovely. Need I would that love in the that. summertime. Yes, the New Englanders, I hope, are feeling this right now because it is we are about to enter struggle weather and I'm not looking forward to it. Like, I love the warmth right now, but 
when mesquite i had to like kill a fly the other day and i'm not excited for that era of it's too early in the year for me to be killing ants right now it's hot as balls in new york like i stay like i sweat no matter what somehow i'm an anemic who's always cold but i also always sweat so this weather this week has been a mind fuck like i and i say i'm like oh i want to be on survivor so bad and i can't even handle like an above 70 degree day without bitching and moaning i'm like Himbos versus bimbos hit me up. <laughs> like, at least but, I can bimbo it out. But your confessionals would be funny as hell. And that's the real goal here. Period. And then over on the old Soka Beach, basically it is confirmed, like, Ratu is sticking together. And it's going to be either Matt or Jam Jam. And Matt, we see Matt really appealing to Brandon and Jamie Lynn about wanting to keep him and that there are a lot of benefits to keeping him. And then this move, I really liked this episode, but was Jam Jam telling Lauren about how Danny was going to blindside or wanted to blindside her, which which incentivizes Lauren to want to get rid of his ally Matt here as well. Yeah, as he should. That's when I saw him making that conversation. I was like, use every piece of ammo that you have to your advantage. Like, people, like, I know I said earlier that Jam Jam's not the biggest threat, but when he does social things like this, I'm like, oh, this is scary. He knows how to talk his way, you know, in and out of situations. Clearly, he survived all these travels in the past, but he knows the right bits of ammo to use on the right people. So I I see you, Jam Jam. You're not just a pretty face. I loved it it was it was very very good and i literally my notes for this moment was just all caps yes jam jam because i was just very excited like finally some people talking to each other about things that they probably would want to know and we get more lauren screen time as a result of this which i'm always a fan of never complaining not yeah exactly so i just hope we get lauren and jam jam as like the petty dynamic duo that we have been waiting for as a result See, I love the girlies on Soka, but if Ratu sees Jam Jam and Carolyn in a precarious position where they need allies, this is like, you know, planting those seeds. So I'm loving what I'm looking at right now. And who knows, maybe Carolyn would be down to clown in future rounds. (gasps) Down to clown with them. Oh my God. Down to clown. They can bring Carson along too, whatever. As long as he's the first to go. Listen, again, Carson is not Ratu or Carolyn or Jam Jam. So. Sorry, sorry to this man. He's going to have to go at some point. And it's not his fault, but it also is. Because, again, he's not Carolyn or Jam Jam. So Try better luck next time. Try again soon. If he wanted to have us root for him a little bit more, he should have gotten on a different season without Carolyn and Jam Jam. Or been born as Carolyn and or Jam Jam. Yes, that would have been the ideal situation. But that is not where we are at. For Carson, unfortunately. We can't be that lucky, you know? Nope. We can't, we can't all be that all, lucky. We can't all win that hard, you know? <laughs> if only. If only. So I do like what we got here. One of the main other plot points is just how much Matt misses Franny, which is like, girl, me too. I also miss Franny. Where is she? And we get this little montage of just all of their moments on the island that we have already seen. And this is where it really hit me like, yeah, Matt's going home here because there's no Mm -hmm. way they are doing this unnecessary clip bait here with if he stays. Like, there's just no reason for this. 
Yeah, they used all the footage they can get of them like flirting, you know, awkwardly, but awkwardly in a way that like they can relate to each other. Yeah. It was just so goofy. Somebody give the survivor editors a raise. I don't care that this forecasted Matt going home. I had a good giggle and a laugh about it. I loved it. It was very dramatic. And like obviously Matt didn't die. So like he's coming back. They're not like killing him here. But it was very funny to see. Like it was overly dramatic for no reason. And it gets quite emotional at Tribal Council, too, particularly from Matt and Jam Jam, because they know that it's very likely that one of them will be going home here. And I think that that reality really hits the players on the bench, too, that are not taking part in this vote because they realize, oh, shit, like someone, if not most people that are safe right now, are going to be losing someone important to them to their game. Yeah, when you're at Tribal, like, shit gets real there. Like, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, you know, at camp. But once you're at Tribal, like, this is the last time people are saying things. It's really final. And if I was Franny, I would be fully seizing and having a panic attack, knowing, like, seeing how things are playing out. Like, damn, even if he was safe, you know, or had strategy that was working in his favor earlier in the day, it doesn't matter when you're at Tribal and Jeff's asking you to sum up your survivor experience. Seems a little final at that point. I know. It was just, I've, I felt so bad for them. And, like, obviously this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience, so it's, like, it's hard to feel, like, terrible for anyone that like yes like people are going to be getting voted out but like this is such a crappy way to go with this like unprecedented twist that there was no way to actually prepare for and I just I don't know I just I don't like it it just was not a fun way to say I I I think that Franny is the better well-rounded strategist of the two so i am happy that she stayed over matt here because eventually they were going to probably be split up in some way but i just don't like that this is how matt went out without his bag too this poor man you know when does the man get his bag yet like when are they oh yeah and also disrespect and also, Matt was hoping that someone on Soka would have thought to bring his bag, and they did not. Franny, that was the one thing where I was like, ooh, should have brought the bag. And it's like, kind of funny you know, that- it happens. We make mistakes as women all the time, but Franny, bad one, bad mistake. It's kind of funny, though, that it was just everyone kind of looks around like, oh, like, maybe we should have done that. Or, you know, like, it was like, oh, nope, no one thought to bring it. It was very anticlimactic reveal. Yeah, if only, you know, he had the shot in the dark. Who knows what would have happened? I mean, he probably wouldn't have won because knowing how shot in the dark works, it only works like once every every 10 seasons. Yes. At this rate. Yeah, I think if Matt had played a shot in the dark and been safe, it would have just been Jam Jam going home, which also would have been even worse. Yes. So sorry, Matt. This is. This is where you go here. See, Franny may have lost her man, but if Jam Jam went, I would have lost my man. And that would have and, arguably well, been worse. Uh, arguably, the country would have lost their bay here if Jam Jam had left. Nah, it would be, you know, we would be going into a period of national mourning. It's like if the queen died, if we had a queen. But, like, I would have actually been in a period of mourning because, like, I still had to go to work the next day when the queen died. <laughs> No, if Jim Jim went home, I would have been calling out sick. I have I would have you know, insatiable out sick. sadness right now. 
Yes. I'm like, mm, I need a mental health day. What happened? I can't speak of it, please. It's too it's still too painful. It's, it's funny because not um my one of my bosses, not like my direct supervisor, but like the boss of my boss, he also watches Survivor. So I feel like if I called out the day after and he knows I watch Survivor. So I feel like if I had called out the day after Jam Jam votes out got voted out he would know what I was doing. But also I think he would have been upset too. So maybe we just would have been taking our mental health days together. Period. Like usually I'm not a big fan of bosses, you know, my in my anti-capitalist era, but common W for the boss, you know? Right, exactly. I need a day off. You need a day off. The country needs a day off. Jam Jam is no longer on Survivor. I don't want to manifest that. I, you know, Matt... Of all of the players we have gotten so far, Jam Jam seems to be having nine lives in this merge era because they always discuss him possibly going and he keeps catching votes, but he's not actually going anywhere, at least not yet. So I'm hoping we continue that tradition of Jam Jam not getting voted out in the What future. a story it is, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And of course, uh, when Jeff announces that it is time to vote, Heidi stands in all her glory and says that she is ready to tell uh control a vote tell somebody how they are going to vote and i cannot understate how much i hate this advantage but nonetheless it happens and heidi says lauren i want you to vote for jam jam this is the worst decision that any of them could have made because lauren does vote for jam jam but she could have counteracted it with her extra vote if she wanted to she does not do that so she still has her extra vote so whatever ploy they had was not going to work. And then not only did Jam Jam go, or not only did Matt go here, which was the person they were trying to protect, Jam Jam is still in the game and probably understandably very pissed at Heidi. Oh, for sure. Like as soon as Heidi was doing that confession about making friends, I'm like, I feel like we're way beyond the point of making friends at this point. Like yeah. you're in a game. If you're going to screw over Jam Jam, who has Carolyn as an inherent enemy, like, you better be ready. Like you might as well go after like a faction that actually, you know, needs a knock right now. Jam Jam has been through enough. He's been traumatized week after week at tribal. Let him live. Yeah. Please, please let him live. We are tired yeah. of Heidi having and Jam the- Jam. We are fighting in the trenches right now, Heidi. Stop trying to make Jam Jam get it voted off happen. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing a Heidi and Jam Jam podcast after this season is over. Can you imagine? I don't know about that. Oh my god. I would laugh. I would laugh. A ah, Carolyn get, Jam Jam. <laughs> a Carolyn Jam Jam podcast would be a, a fantastic option. Oh, I'd watch Patreon it. right now. I will be giving them 10 bucks a month. Yes, Easily. please. Please. And that is like a lot of money to me because I have no money currently. No valid. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I have all these subscriptions. Multiply those by 12. I'm like, damn, I really am financially irresponsible. I know. It's kind of worth it. It's kind of worth it. I still feel I'm supporting local creators. Yeah, exactly. Small businesses. I'm supporting small businesses. I'm supporting the community in which I am a part of, which is the survivor community. Amen. Yes. Yes. Do we have anything else to talk about this with this episode before we close out? I don't think anything with this episode, maybe just that when Matt was leaving, he could have, you know, been mean to his other tribe mates or made a sweeping statement. 
But he just said he was proud of Franny, and I was yeah. like, simp, simp. I guess oh, we love, love a simp. Real. I know. I want one. Like, not Matt specifically, but like but, a simp. Yeah. That was so cute. I want a yeah, man to be, or I want someone to be excited about my accomplishments. Oh, when he said, I'm proud of you, I'm like, oop, my daddy issues jumped out. I'm like, crying. Oh my God. Not the daddy issues. Oh my God. It was so sweet though. I cried a little bit, not cried like ball cried, but like I definitely teared up a little bit. Like when Franny cries, I cry, the world cries. It was a, it was a tough moment. I did like that Matt brought a papaya and dropped in. It's always sunny reference. Of course. That one was very iconic of him. I was at the bar. We were watching with a couple of people who I don't think have seen Always Sunny. So my boyfriend and I, we were just cracking up about the papaya situation. And the people around us were like, what? Why is this being aired? And I was like, if you know, you know. It's like it's culturally relevant. Level. Yes. Yep. And I know culture. So I was yeah, glued. exactly. Culture queen right here. Period. Yes. All right. So we are at the end of episode seven of Survivor 44 recap. The next time on, it seems like, eh, like, it seems like exactly what I would expect. Soka wants to take Ratu down. Franny's devastated about losing Matt. Ratu is living their best life as the core girlies right now. And Carson is sick. So... Ooh, yeah. Carson being so, like, sick, I felt that. That's the only thing I remember. Everything else yeah. is pretty unremarkable in that pre-build upcoming attractions. It was fine. Like, like I, I don't think that they're – I mean, can you imagine if they call medical again? Like, this is, like, the 10th time this season, and they just started, like, the actual merge phase of the game. So I know medical is tired right now. But I'm assuming he's just not feeling well for right now, and then he's going to be fine. Yeah, Dr. Joe deserves a day off. So everybody, like, be on your best behavior. Don't eat anything that could be poisonous. Like, let Dr. Joe have a break. He Don't climb it. any rocks, Carson. Just lay down. And please just, like, just don't move right now. Just take a day off for yourself because Joe needs a break. Period. Yes. All right, Nicole. We are doing things a little different this season after Ooh. Fiji Forever. We have rewards at the end of – or I'm sorry, not rewards. Awards at the end of this episode. We have three awards that are given out every episode. What, two of them we decide separately. Like we can pick our own winners. And then the last one we decide together. Okay, see work. I see it. I see it. Yes. Yes. All right. So, Nicole. What is your favorite confessional of this episode? Ooh, I mean, there were so many good ones, but of course I'm going to have to go do my, with my girl, Carolyn. As soon as she found out that the control of vote could potentially save her boy, Jam Jam, she just goes, yes! <laughs> and anytime I hear Carolyn just like make a noise, I don't know, like I relate to her on a spiritual level. Like I was walking home from just getting pancakes this morning and I was just, like, making noises at my boyfriend. That poor man. I was just, like, oink, just, like, anything that came to my head. And I was, like, this is probably what it's like to date Carolyn. So, my poor man. But highly relatable character. I love that girl. That's got to be my favorite confessional of the week. It was a really good one. Mine is going to be uh, – also, with Tika has – 
unsurprisingly had very large representation in the favorite confessional category. But yeah, I mean, like, that's not really unexpected here. But mine mine will be Jam Jams at the very Uh beginning of this episode says how Jam Jam is a great name, but there's no reason to write it down. Or something mm-hmm. to that effect. I did love that because, yeah, like you need to have a sense of humor about it at some point because this they will not let up on voting for Jam Jam here. Yeah, this poor man, his like everybody's shoe has been on his throat the whole season. Like, let Jam Jam live. He's comic relief. Like, what would y'all even be talking about if he wasn't there? I know. Keep his name out of your mouth for once, please. Keep my it's wife's exhausting. name out your mouth. That part. Carolyn says that every day on the island, I assume. As she should. As she should. All right, Nicole, what is the funniest moment of this episode? Oh, besides um, Carolyn going, yes, like that was just a cute moment. Maybe when Matt was talking about Franny, like waxing poetically, and he really wanted her to bring the bag. So he just screams, Franny! Oh, yeah. And as it's very um, like castaway Tom Hanks of you, like Wilson. That's the first one I, I think in my in my mind. I'm just putting for yours, Franny, in all caps. But yeah, if you know, you I know. Agree. If the girlies know, the girlies know. Those who get it, get it. And, and those don't, that don't, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mine will also. Mine will also be off of the papaya moment with Matt because, like, I genuinely laughed out loud this episode when Jam Jam said that he should have also brought a papaya. So I love we love a comedy king. Of course. No, the thing is, is I would give anything to, you know, do improv with Jam Jam. He's like the king of the yes and. Yes, seriously. And, like, he's just, like. Where does he come up with this? He's just so he's on top of it. He really is a yes and king. No, the banter with him is always bantering. Like with him, like we like imagine like if I saw a movie with Jam Jam, like we would get kicked out of the theater because we would be like squealing in the back, like hyenas at everything. <laughs> so true. But we we need to make it happen. Listen, Jam Jam, if you're gonna be at New York watch parties, just let us know. Period. No, I'll we'll hang out. Rico. I've been meaning to take a trip to Old San Juan. Ooh, I'll go with you. I want to. No, we need a girls' trip ASAP. Desperate, desperately. That will be the start of the uh, the Himbo's Vacation Alliance for Himbo's versus Bimbo's season. <laughs> Get ready, Naomi. We're coming. Yeah. Survivor New York Ten Himbo's oh versus God. Bimbo's with Secret Alliance. We're pre-gaming already. Years in advance. Listen, Naomi. Think about how great this could be. See, see, listen, you know, we got it, we got it. We'll we'll sell it. basically already wrote the season for you. Yeah, yeah, just, we just show up and we'll show you how we do it. Exactly, exactly. No notes, just drop us wherever the hell they're going to be this season and And let us work. Get the cameras, you know, get the cameras, get the mics, we'll be the show. This is my good angle, so just get my right side when you can. Oh, see, mine's my left. See, that's perfect. (gasps) See, now whenever we take a picture, we know that. We know that off the top of our heads, which side yes. to stand on. Very true. Very true. <sighs> All right, Nicole, the final award. And this is the one that we decide together. And that is who won the episode. So this is like just thinking about this episode as a single entity. Does not have to play in who we think is going to be voted out next or anything like that. It's just like when we are looking at this episode as a single unit, who do we think won the episode 
Okay, because there's many ways we could go about this. And of course, this is a little round table. I mean, is it a round table if it's only two people? That's more like a straight line of two people looking at each other. Well, like, um, but I, we're also on a pod. So it's like, it's like we're around the world almost, you know? Together. Like, we're yeah. around, but together. Yes. Okay. So my short list right now of finalists would be Jam Jam for surviving. Mm-hmm. Lauren for navigating, getting her vote taken away, but was able to, you know, hold on to her extra vote. That was also a good one. I just know it's not Danny, Franny, or yeah. Heidi. It was an L week for Soka all around. Yeah, like, I want to give it to Franny, but, like, I feel like if we're talking about, like, at the end of the episode, who won the day, like, Franny being in tears immediately after the vote is just, like, that is not oh, a win. God. And I have a feeling she will get a win in a future episode. So I I can't in good conscience give her the win. I kind of want Lauren to have the win here. Because, I'm happy with that. I'm happy yeah, with that. Yeah, because I think like she wasn't a target. She was a target initially, but then this twist stopped her from being a target. But even if she was a target, I don't think she was going to go home here. I think we really would have seen like a Danny or Heidi blindside happening, mm-hmm. depending on what the outcome of immunity would have been. And I think of the Ratu members that were in power here on the tribe that actually had to vote that Lauren was the one like Brandon obviously was safe. So he didn't have to risk as much, but I think Lauren is this. We're like starting to see the emergence of Lauren right now. She had a lot to lose and ended up not losing anything. Yes, She got exactly. a person on the other side. They went home she didn't have the option of voting correctly, but I mean, she technically voted correctly and she ate down. In conclusion, yeah. Lauren ate. Yes. Did she win a player of the episode in any previous episodes? I feel like no. this might be her emerging episode. This is her emerging episode, actually. So, so far, we have seven episodes on Survivor 44. So, episode one, the premiere, Brandon was our winner. I mean, that was obvious. Yeah, that was fair. It was a fair decision he played an idol correctly like that's really hard to do i know and he was on this he was uh on screen a lot i think he got the most confessionals of that episode as well so like he was a big presence there so brandon was winner of the premiere episode two was carolyn episode three was matthew episode four was josh episode five and six was your bay jam jam and now episode seven is lauren we're sharing the love. I love I, it. Yeah. I like that it's balanced between even someone who went home is on that list. Like, how, how fun is that? I know. I really like the list that we have curated so far. It's a, like, let me be honest in, like, how we have determined. And, like, there have been a lot. Like, Jam Jam and Carolyn have been in, like, the fun, like in the running to win almost every episode because of just how much screen time they have had. And uh, it's just, like, been, but it's been a wild ride to, like, really look at the episodes as a single entity and kind of see what we think about it without reading too much into like what we think the long game is going to be. See, we're finding these trends in each episode and then like the data scientists we are, we're putting those pieces together and finding narratives. When you say it like that, it sounds like we're doing something really important. We are. This is very important. This is, this is the headquarters. This is the, the, the newsroom right now. This really is the newsroom. Let's be real. I love that for us. All right, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today on I Don't Know About That. This has been such a treat. I've had so much fun here. Where can people follow you? And is there anything that you would like to promote? 
I mean, it's always a blessing to be here. Um, thank you for dealing with me. I got locked out of my apartment before this episode, so I appreciate your patience and your your hospitality as always. Um, on Silent Podcast, uh, we brought back the Isaiah and Nicole show. So Isaiah and I talk shit every other Tuesday going forward. So definitely be on the lookout for new episodes of that if you want to hear my mentally ill ramblings. And besides that, you can find me on social media at Behind the Secret on all platforms. You know, um, what's the secret this week? I don't know. You'll have to follow me to find out. Thank you again, Nicole. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Classically Gia for all of my reality TV shenanigans. It is my busy season at work, so I'm not as active on socials as I normally am, but it's probably for the better because, you know, I need to eat. But, You're girl bossing. Yes, Everyone's got a girl boss sometimes. I'm girl bossing really hard right now, and it's been very difficult, but I appreciate all of the support as well. Always. Thank you. Um, on Oh, also, because this is a Survivor podcast, please follow the Survivor Diversity campaign at Serve Diversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. On Inside Survivor, I'm doing my regular weekly roundups with my good friend, Christine Palin. I was just also, speaking of Christine, on Bitter Jurors, recapping this podcast with Christine and Sam and Derek. And it was such a fun time. I'm very excited for that episode to come out as well. So keep an eye out for that. And then finally, Abbott Elementary is back. So are me and Chappelle. There are just two more episodes left of our podcast. Three episodes left of the season for us to talk about. So we are talking about the second to last and no, wait, third to last and second to last episodes in our next recap on post-show recaps. And we will be talking about the finale after this week. Keep an eye out for that. Love the podcast. Give us five stars. Talk about just how funny and amazing and witty we both are. And yeah, I'm very excited to see what the future has for Abbott Elementary and for post-show recaps, recaps of Abbott Elementary. Thank you all so much for listening once again to I Don't Know About That. We are hoping that we will get to a normal format in the following weeks and you know, hopefully we get some, you know, less advantages, more just the players playing. So with that, be very excited. I hope we have better news to report on in episode eight, but stay tuned. And thank you all again. 